My name is Mark Madison, and I am so very proud to have Fujitsu General America as a sponsor. At Fujitsu, they're focused on partnering with the best distributors and contractors to ensure that each Fujitsu heating and cooling system brings infinite comfort to every end user. Mark Madison here on Books and People. I thought I'd share some information with you from one of my ebooks, Sparking Your Success. The first chapter is entitled Potential. The spread of civilization may be likened to a fire. First, a feeble spark, next, a flickering flame, and then a mighty blaze, ever increasing in speed and power. Nicholas Tesla said that. Just exactly what are you capable of? Life is a little bit like an iceberg. If you ask the captain of the Titanic what percentage of the iceberg is above the waterline, I'm sure he would have told you 10%. That means fully 90% of the iceberg is below the waterline. It's a great metaphor for our potential. Are you manifesting all that's in you? The answer for most of us is no. Again, 90% of the iceberg is unseen. The world only sees that 10% or less. Margaret Mead once said, most human beings operate on less than 5% of their potential. Let's see if we can push your iceberg a little bit higher above the waterline for all the world to see. Born in 1860, artist Grandma Moses spent decades living the rural agricultural life that she would later feature in her paintings. She only began devoting herself to art when she was in her 70s. In 1938, an art collector discovered her work, completely self-taught, Moses soon became famous for her images of country life. She died in 1961 at the age of 101. In 1905, Moses returned to New York State with her family. She and her husband operated a small farm in Eagle Bridge, New York. Moses later began dabbling in painting, creating her first work on a fireboard in her home in 1918. She occasionally painted after that, but didn't really devote herself to her craft until much later. And then she suffered a great loss in 1927 with the death of her husband, and she sought ways to keep busy in her grief. By the mid-1930s, Grandma Moses, then in her 70s, devoted most of her time to painting, and her first big break came in 1938. She had some of her works hanging in a local store, and an art collector by the name of Louis J. Calder saw them and bought them all. The following year, Grandma Moses had some of her paintings shown at the Museum of Modern Art in New York as an exhibit of unknown artists. She went on to have her first one-woman show in New York as well and had her picturesque works displayed at Gimbel's, the famous New York department store, the following year. To celebrate her 100th birthday, New York Governor Nelson Rockefeller declared September 7, 1960 as Grandma Moses Day. He repeated the honor the following year to mark the artist turning 101. By this time, however, Moses was in ill health and passed away on December 13, 1961, in a medical center in Hoosick Falls, New York. During her career, Grandma Moses created roughly 1,500 works of art. Her paintings still remain popular today and provide a glimpse into America's pastoral past. According to the Associated Press report, President John F. Kennedy remembered Moses as a beloved figure from American life. He also said that, the directness and the vividness of her paintings restored a primitive freshness to our perception of the American scene. 
it's never too late to start. Grandma Moses proved that. So did Ray Kroc at age 53 when he started the first McDonald's in San Bernardino, California. Uh, honestly, he didn't start it. He, he borrowed the concept from the McDonald brothers and eventually bought him out. You can get that whole story in the Michael Keaton movie about Ray Kroc. But he said something interesting. He said, you're either green and growing or ripe and rotting. I like that. No one told Colonel Sanders he couldn't sell his recipe for making chicken when he was 65 years young. So what area of your life would you like to improve? Why is that important to you? Victor Hugo once said, to learn to read is to light a fire. Every syllable that's spelled out is a spark. What's sparking your success? Take a few minutes and jot down where you'd like to be in, say, five years. What would you like your life to look like? It's never too late. Just ask Grandma Moses. Chapter 2, Awareness. I think it's imperative to follow your heart and choose a profession you're passionate about. And if you haven't found that spark yet, you're not sure what to do with your lives, be persistent until you do. Steve Kerr, NBA player and coach. And oh, how many championships has Golden State won? How good are you at your present job? What percentage of effectiveness are you operating at currently? Would you say you're at 50 or 60% or maybe 70? What would it mean to you if you got to say 80 or 90%? I'm constantly amazed at how stupid I was two years ago, and the cycle keeps repeating. When we have a shift in awareness, everything changes. I was a better parent with our second son than I was with our first. Why is that? Experience. As parents, we do the best job we can until our awareness changes. So what are the factors that affect our current awareness? Well, the first step towards change is awareness. The second step is acceptance. A mentor of mine, Jack Canfield, once said, by taking the time to stop and appreciate who you are and what you've achieved and perhaps learned a few mistakes along the way, your stumbles, your losses, you can actually enhance everything about you. Self-acknowledgement and appreciation are what give you the insights and awareness to move forward to a higher state of consciousness, goals, and accomplishments. Let's not look back in anger, no, nor forward in fear, but let's look around in awareness. A king and his troops were going through a forest. The king saw an old man cutting trees. Taking pity on him, he asked the minister to give the old man an acre of sandalwood trees. The minister took care of it instantly. A couple of years later, the king and his troops were again passing through the forest, and in fact, they were passing by the area where the sandalwood trees were given away to the old man. The king noticed that most of the sandalwood trees were gone, and in one corner, the old man was there. He was burning a couple of the sandalwood trees. Upon talking to him, the minister found out he was burning those trees to collect coal because that's what he does, sells coal to make money. The simple story is about awareness. Sometimes we have riches right in front of our eyes, but we can't see it. They're not riches to us. So the question is, which sandalwood trees are you burning in your life because you want to sell coal? In 1993, my boys were seven and four years old, respectively, and I began a new nightly ritual. I call it the two questions. You see, after I would read to them and say our prayers, 
I would ask them two questions every night, just before they went to sleep. Question number one, what was the most fun you had today? And I would let them talk and describe their day and what was fun and why it was fun. And I followed up with, what are you looking forward to tomorrow? You see, it's a simple process. Memory, imagination. Memory, imagination. And while they recollected what happened during the day, they would have a positive feeling inside. And while that positive feeling was there, I would drop them into tomorrow with a single goal. What are you looking forward to tomorrow? Simple. After a year of this simple process, I began to learn what was truly important to my boys. And Christmas night in 1994, a year after I'd begun this ritual, I asked Evan, who was five at the time, what are you looking forward to tomorrow? He paused for a moment and replied, playing with the box the refrigerator came in. What? Oh, yeah. He said, I said, what about the Nintendo? That was like 150 bucks. He said, oh, yeah, I'm going to play with that too, but that box... I'm going to put my sleeping bag in there and spend the night. Shocked, I said, like a homeless guy? Uh, Whatever was all he said. That night, we both slept in the box. It was a shift in awareness for me. You think you know your children until you ask those two questions. What was the most fun you had? What are you looking forward to tomorrow? You see, we have to ask the right questions. Otherwise, our awareness stays the same. Awareness comes from a simple three-step process. Bad judgment experience, good judgment. Capturing the lessons in our journal is a great way to learn the lessons so we can make new mistakes, not the same old ones. I teach salespeople in my training to ask two simple questions after every single sales call. What went well on that call? And what could you improve or do better next time? If you do that after every single sales call, a year from now you'll be twice as effective as you are now. So how about you? Are you capturing the lessons along the way? What can you do to shift your awareness? And what are you looking forward to tomorrow? Stephen Covey said every human has four endowments, self-awareness, conscience, independent will, and creative imagination. These give us the ultimate human freedom, the power to choose, the power to respond, the power to change. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Fujitsu General America. And like this podcast, they're focused on education and development. From the day they sold their first comfort system in North America, they've been unwavering in their focus on training. It doesn't matter if it's application, installation, or service. A better trained technician brings better value to the homeowner. So when you're looking for infinite comfort, think Fujitsu. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454 or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association or order one of my books, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net. And remember, make it a great day unless you have other plans.